Welcome to the Cashflow Guys Podcast. Join Tyler and his team as they unlock the secrets to achieving financial independence through wealth building strategies inspired by Robert Kiyosaki and other thought provoking leaders. Learn to build leveraged streams of cash flow that land in your pocket and improve your quality of life. Gain access to cutting edge ideas that will increase your productivity and streamline your success. Find out how to supercharge your retirement plan so you won't have to retire with a pay cut. You can escape the rat race. Are you ready? It's time to learn to earn with Tyler Chef. Welcome to the Cashflow Guys podcast. It's that time again, and we are again going to be back to the basics. I want to hit a couple episodes on back to the basics. I think there's a lot of things that I may have, I don't know, taken for granted, forgot to, to forgot to mention, left out, however you want to shake it. I want to cover some of the core elements that I think all investors, not just experienced investors or rookie investors or in-between investors, but all investors need to hear. Some things that, well, you may think, I already know that, Tyler. Why are you telling me that? Well, maybe you don't know because if, if, if you're not financially free, then that just tells me that either you don't know or you don't care. And if you don't know or don't care, then you need to stop what you're doing and listen to this episode and these other episodes about Back to the Basics so we can focus on getting you on the right track. Let's begin, shall we? Let's talk about getting your money right. Now, Grant Cardone is a uh, motivational speaker, sales guru, multifamily investor kind of guy. And he uses the frame, the phrase, getting your money right. He says, get your money right in some of his books. I find it interesting. And the first time he said that, I was like, what the heck is he talking about? Get your money right. But the more I started listening to his books and, and following his, uh, the information he puts out, I realized that he's talking about basically getting your finances in order. And a lot of people that I talk to say, well, Tyler, that's great. As soon as I hit my first million as a real estate investor, then I'll get my finances in order. And the reality of it is they, they, climb this uphill, this hill, so to speak, they climb this greased ladder thinking that that pot of gold at the end of the rainbow is just at the top rung of that ladder. They keep climbing and climbing and climbing. And then you start hearing things like, well, Tyler, I can't get a deal or this is too hard or the prices are too high or it's a seller's market or I lost my rentals. I love that one. I lost my rentals. How do you lose a rental? You misplace it. I mean, if you buy it right, how do you lose it? I, I don't get it. Usually by putting bad financing in there, right? Bad financing. If you if you don't if you're not responsible with how you acquire the capital or the financing to put a put a deal together, then you'll bankrupt yourself. I've talked about that in previous episodes, but today we're going to talk about getting your money right. So bear with me. Here we go. Everybody wants to do deals and get rich, right? Here's the reality, though. Most Americans, most Americans can't afford to get rich. And you're thinking, what did he just say? Let's pull the car over. I, I think he's, maybe Tyler's having a stroke. I think he just said that most Americans cannot afford to be rich. And if that's what you heard me say, you're absolutely correct. Because that's exactly what I said. Most Americans cannot afford to be rich. I'm going to say it one more time. Most Americans cannot afford to be rich. That means that upstairs, between the ears, right behind the nose, behind the eye sockets, is that thing we call a brain. And in that, in that space, we don't have the right mindset, the wealth mindset. Now, I was 
I've always been staying on task with my reading and whatnot. So I was reading uh, Think and Grow Rich again. It's been a while. So I pulled out the audio version. I've been driving back and forth between the property on uh, on uh, weekends and whatnot. And I've been listening to that audio book again. And I got a lot of ahas again. And that's, that's Think and Grow Rich from Napoleon Hill. Think and Grow Rich from Napoleon Hill. And it helped remind me of a lot of the things that you tend to downplay or forget. Okay. I highly suggest that you get out there and read that book again. If you've already read it, I don't care. Read it again and read it again and read it again until you actually start to practice it. When you start to practice it, that's when the rubber meets the road, right? So if you're not financially savvy, well, I don't care how many deals you do, how many houses you wholesale or flip or rental properties or apartment buildings you buy, you're always going to feel poor. You're never going to escape the feeling of being poor. If you don't have the money mindset in place, if you don't have your money right. I went through this when I was flipping houses. Back when I was flipping houses back in the day, it seemed like I could never get ahead. We made a ridiculous amount of money. Heck, when I had my, my trucking business, I made a killing, but I always felt like I was broke. Well, that's because I didn't have my money right. You see, financially, I was a train wreck. I didn't know how to balance a budget. I didn't even think about doing a budget or I'd, maybe I thought about it. And at the time I thought, well, that doesn't apply to me. And some of you are driving down the road that you, you maybe you're in, in the Beltway and you're going down the road going in D.C. And you're going, I got a cushy government job like Tyler had. And that's all good. I'm making my six-figure salary. You know, this, is, this episode doesn't apply to me, so I'm going to turn it off. I'm going to say stop. Don't turn it off. Listen. Because this does apply to you. Because if you're still punching that clock and you got that Beltway mindset, as they call it, if you're still out there punching that clock, if you're still answering to somebody else, then you need this episode and you need this series of Back to Basics more than anyone else. I can tell you that. Because everybody else, while you're busy punching the clock, the truly independent are out there doing deals and making it happen. So bear with me. When you are immature, immature, how you want to look at it, with financially, you're not, you know, when we're in high school, we're a little kid, for example, your mom and dad give you a dollar. Well, for me, it was 25 cents because, you know, I'm dating myself here. I'm not as I'm not as young as the rest of a lot of the folks that listen to the show. And maybe there's folks that listen to the show that are older than me. Who knows? But I know when I was growing up, 25 cents, 50 cents was a lot of money. In the 70s, that was a big deal. God, if you got a dollar, you felt like you were rich. Well, my parents and I love my parents to death. Don't get me wrong. But my mom and dad didn't really do a good job of teaching me how to manage money. I think my mother tried, but I didn't, I wasn't willing to listen. And my dad was a lot more fun. He was more about having a good time. And I've kind of led myself in that direction. Right. So mom tried, but Tyler didn't want to listen. Dad didn't even try. Dad was all about, let's go out and have fun. And if we can finance it, we can buy it. And that was kind of my dad's mindset. Now I'm sure that came from his parents and his schooling never really taught him to manage money either. Coming to think about it, my family, my aunt, his sister, was probably the same way. Uh, my uncle, I'm pretty sure, managed all the money. It's just a, they didn't, for whatever reason, it didn't trickle down to me. So most of my life, many years of my life, I did not know how to manage money. And by not knowing how to manage money, no matter how good I did as a real estate investor, it was never enough. I could never seem to get ahead. I flipped houses and, and you get paydays like 10, 20, 30, 50, 70, $100,000 still feel like you're broke no matter what. Well, that gets old after a while. You know, you're thinking, why am I even bothering? This is ridiculous. I'm busting my hump, doing, doing deals, getting stuff done, and I'm always broke. Those of you that are out there wholesaling, 
you know, you, you think about it, you go out and wholesale a deal, you work your tail off, you make your five, 10 grand, whatever you're going to make as a wholesaler. And by the time you, you pay back whatever you put on your credit card for your marketing, you pay for your, your yellow letters and you pay for your bandit signs and you eat, there's not even enough money to pay the credit card that you were living off of that you should have been living off of the month before. And lo and behold, you already quit your job. So that's a problem, right? You already quit your job. So you don't know what to do now and you're screwed. So you keep on this, you stay on this hamster wheel. You never seem to get ahead. You see, because that's because you don't have your money right. As Grant Cardone says, you don't have your money right. You got to set, you got to understand where your expenses are coming from. Now I'm going to have a guest coming up in a couple episodes here uh, to talk about this topic in greater detail. We're actually going to give you an absolute solution that every one of you should be listening to. And this is an episode that's going to blow your minds. A friend of mine, he's done a great job at helping people get financially free, helping them get out of their own way. And I didn't have time before this episode aired to get him on this week's episode. So I'm going to keep this week's episode relatively short so that I don't spoil the, 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 the uh, benefits for you. I don't want to steal his thunder because he's got a great plan. It's not going to cost you a penny, folks. It's actually going to put about anywhere from $300 to $1,000 a month back in your pocket. I don't care how much money or how much, how much or how little money you have or make. Everybody will benefit from that episode. So stay tuned. That'll be coming soon. But think about you don't have that financial discipline, right? So let's say tomorrow I went out and gave you a rental property. Let's say I gave you a little two-bedroom, one-bath house. And I don't care if, like I said, I don't care if you're making six figures a year or seven figures a year. But if you lack financial prudence, if you're not able to grow your money, or you're maybe you're able but you're not willing, or you're not taking the action, maybe fear is in the way, whatever, the same thing's going to apply to you as a property owner. When you're thinking of, I'm thinking of uh, landlords here when I'm saying this, it's going to be challenging for you to be an effective owner of investment property because you're going to be in fear of spending money, in fear of maintaining the property, in fear of taking care of the tenants because you don't know how to manage money. And that creates a major, major problem. And what usually happens is, you know, without that financial discipline, we're going to spend our profits before, probably on the wrong stuff. For example, let's say you're having a hard time financially and your solution to that is going out and buying a rental property. Okay, great. Or worse, you go out and buy a flip and you're hoping that, you know, you're going to do this one flip. It's going to get you financially free or it's going to give you the seed capital you need that'll fix everything, right? Well, let's say you do that one flip and then you get the tax bill for the flip. And then, well, they need more paint and, well, the electrical final didn't happen because you had to do this work. And, well, the framing guy needed more money and the fireplace needed work. And so your money dwindles. Now you're in a worse position than you were before. Let's say you go out and get a rental property and the property starts making money, right? But you didn't really set aside a reserve account because, you know, you get those credit card bills every month that are just swallowing you whole. So you bought a rental property without a reserve account. And lo and behold, the property three months later needs some work. Well, that shouldn't have happened because I had a home inspection and my realtor said, and all these other excuses that come up. The bottom line is the property needs the work regardless. It does not matter. The property is going to need the work and you're going to have to do it. But as a financially uh, illiterate landlord, you're not going to be able to do the work because you're not going to have the money or worse, you're going to swipe a credit card to maintain that property. And by the time the profits from that rental pay back that credit card, 
the interest is going to basically decimate any chance of having cash flow you would possibly have. This gets folks in trouble on a regular basis. When you buy a rental property, one of the ways to prevent this problem from happening is when you buy a rental property, make sure that you have a reserve account set aside. That said, before you, I know you need your down payment money if you're going to go to the bank or you're, you know, if you're going to use private money, whatever, make sure you have going in more cash set aside than what you need to buy the property and put the down payment down. That means you should have a reserve account. Reserve account, in my opinion, starting out should be probably around 10% of the income, 10 to 15% of the income should get set aside for maintenance and repairs. Frankly, I would take the first year's expenses and repair money, that 10% of, of the first year's income, and start on day one with that. Okay, so take, if the property's going to make $5,000 a year, 10% is going to be 500 bucks. You should have at least that 500 bucks before you even start with the property. And then be putting 10% per month away out of the cash flow so you can build up that reserve account. Now, 10% doesn't sound like, it sounds like a lot, but in that example, well, that's not a whole lot of money. I'm talking about your, that's based on your net. So let's go on your gross. Let's say the property rents for 900 bucks a month. So we're going to go 900 and then we're going to multiply that by 12. That's $10,080, right? So $10,080 out of the $10,080, I'm asking you to put $1,080 aside for reserves on day one before you close on the property. That money should be set aside at 1,080 bucks. And then Every month, I'm going to have you take $100 profit out of your cash flow, 100 bucks that net cash flow, and set that aside. That way, at the end of year one, you should have uh, 2060 bucks, right? 2000 uh, let's see here. We're going to do a times 10%. That's 1080 So we're going to have 2160 bucks. 2160 bucks at the end of year one. Not at the end of year two, but at the end of year one. Now we've got some money set aside. I would continue on that path at 10%. Just just keep building it. Build it for a couple years because here's the deal. Let's say in year two, you blow a, a water heater. And when you blow the water heater, you also blow a pipe. You could spend two grand real quick, real quick. The, hot, the water heater itself, if it happens on a Saturday afternoon and your tenant would like to shower in order to pay rent, you're going to probably spend 750 to 1,000 bucks having a water heater installed. You have to pull a permit. You have to do all this stuff, right? Maybe you need to upgrade the electrical to get it done. Now it's getting to twelve hundred, twelve fifty. You could easily eat up that twenty one sixty in the first year without a doubt. So go ahead and allow for that, right? That's part of getting our money right is preparing ourselves to succeed. Now our views about money tend to hold us back as real estate investors because we think things like team members are expensive. Well, I can't hire an attorney because that's expensive. I can't have him review my contract because that'll be expensive. I can't fight this issue on my title of the deed to the property because that'll cost money. I'm not going to go ahead and replace that water heater that's got a bad element. I'll wait till later till I get more money. These things, when I buy a property, folks, I prepare the property to succeed by taking care of anything that I think will come up in the next two years. I have it done on day one. You think, well, okay, what if tenants are there? Well, if tenants are there, then I'll maybe make some different arrangements. Maybe I'll relocate them temporarily, put them in a different unit. That again, I'm a multifamily guy, so I have the ability of having probably one or two units vacant. Usually the way I buy properties, there's more than one unit vacant, so I can put people in there and, and go on. 
let's get back to our views on money. So you are managing essentially as a, as a landlord, you are managing a business as a rehabber, you are managing the funds of a business. So let's set that aside for a second. You, you know, you, you've got your hat on your manager hat, you're running this business and let's just pretend that everybody's watching. Now let's look at uh, money wasters, things like gym memberships, doodads, cars, jet skis, four wheelers, anything else that we don't absolutely need to succeed. And I'm not going to go too deep into that today, like I said, because I want you guys to really take a lot away from this episode that'll be coming up in a few episodes uh, with this guy that's going to come in and just blow your mind with ways to stop squandering money. I'm gonna, we're going to teach you in this episode a very simple method that anybody can do that does not cost you one red cent. It will be absolutely free, I promise you that that will help you get at least another 300 to a thousand dollars in your bank account every single month. Cable TV, online memberships. When I used his plan, I found over a thousand dollars, almost $1,500 of stuff that I was spending that I didn't even notice that I wasn't even using. I was basically making other people rich by not having my money, right? Not having a good handle on what was going out. I have a great handle on what's coming in, right? always want more coming in, but I wasn't so focused on what's going out. I was kind of happy-go-lucky, not really paying attention. Let's keep in mind, folks, that here as Americans, we are one of the few countries in the world that indulge first and then pay for it. In other words, if we can finance it, baby, we'll buy it, right? Nowhere else, I don't think, in the world can you finance your rims or your car stereo. That's unbelievable to me that people can actually go out and get a loan to buy rims for their car. Ooh, I got my spinners and the payments are only $50 a week for five years. Like the car won't last six months, but the payments will last a lifetime. I don't understand that. How about we do a little bit of Robert Kiyosaki and we take action on how to pay for it first and then buy it. Now, I'm not suggesting that you live and exist in denial by any means. Please understand. But at the same time, I'm asking you to prepare yourself to succeed. And how you get your money right is stop all the unnecessary spending right now. Because if you are truly focused on achieving wealth as a real estate investor, you have to prepare yourself to receive wealth. And if your money is getting sucked out of your bank account faster than you can put it in, then you are in deep, deep doo-doo. So stop the process and basically break the chain. The minute you break the chain, you're going to see really quick that your number to get out of the rat race is not as big as you might have thought. It's not going to be as difficult as you originally thought. Getting out of the rat race for the janitor, let's think about the cash flow game for a second. There's janitors, there's engineers, business managers, doctors, there's teachers, there's lawyers, all these different jobs in the cash flow game, right? Well, the guy that's the janitor or the girl that's the janitor, they can get out of the rat race usually pretty easy because they don't have a lot of expenses because they don't have a lot of income. And when they don't have a lot of income, people aren't getting out of their own way to loan them money as far as banks and whatnot. Oh, I'm sure rent and roll will loan the money and, and rent a center. But in general, they don't really get as deep in debt as folks that earn more money. So it's easier for them because they have lower expenses to get out of the rat race. You need to look at the same scenario. Don't think you're going to flip your way to getting a rental property and then everything will be fine and dandy. 
and I say this to people all the time and, and when we when we play cash flow, it's like, look guys, there's two strategies here. One of them is to buy enough cash flowing assets, whether it be businesses or real estate, either one, buy enough cash flowing assets to a point to where your passive income exceeds your expenses. Now you're out of the rat race. The second piece of that, and to make it incredibly easy for you to accomplish that goal, is to lower your expenses. Now I'm not saying deny yourself anything. Well, if I can't have my gym membership, then I'll get fat. Well, if you're using your gym membership, then great, right? But I believe that you can work out without going to the gym, okay? I believe that you can run without going to the gym. And I know if you're up in Buffalo and you're freezing, you took us off, it's a whole different story. But if the gym is not a life or death absolute thing, maybe we need to cut that out a little bit. Maybe we need to run down a sidewalk or run in a park and do push-ups and sit-ups on a uh, in some park instead, maybe that makes more sense than the whatever the gym costs, hundred bucks, let's say. Now down here in Florida, gym is I, I remember at uh, Anytime Fitness, it's like forty bucks, right? Problem is right now, forty bucks for me is a doodad because I'm not going, which I need to get back to going to the gym. So I'm I'm holding myself accountable too, guys. But I'm looking at maybe I need to be out in nature more often and make less excuses and not be paying that forty dollars a month. Because here's the thing. Oh, 40 bucks isn't much, right? Well, now there's another 40 bucks. And then there's a 20 bucks over here and a 50 bucks and a hundred bucks. And before you know it, that three, $400 cash flow you got off that little house you bought gets sucked up by all this junk, right? Then what? Now you got to go out and buy another house and you got to do it over and over and over again. And the more money you make, the more money you spend and it never quits. It's like dieting. Dieting fails if you have to suffer. The reason... The weight loss truly works when you make a lifestyle change, right? Fat people don't get thin and stay that way unless they make a massive lifestyle change. How do I know this? Because I am that fat guy and I'm going through that process right now of losing weight. And what I'm realizing is that everything I've tried in the past that resulted in, in me doing some sort of radical change that I wasn't quite ready for. In other words, if I wasn't willing to... uh make this a permanent lifestyle change, then I would gain the weight right back. And that's exactly what happened. You know, I, I did this one diet where I, I couldn't even wash my hands with traditional soap. I had to use a special soap. And it got to be such a pain in the ass, pardon my French, such a major pain that I didn't, I stopped doing it because it just, it wasn't sustainable. Same thing, guys. You're not going to flip houses till you're blue in the face because it, Till you till you're old and gray because it's a lot of work. I hate to tell you, it's a ton of work. So you're going to have to come up with a plan that's sustainable. You're going to have to get on a budget that's sustainable. You can't keep feeding it. I know guys that are real estate investors that are so overextended. They got thousands of dollars a month in, in house payments. They're trying to keep up with the Joneses, and the reality of it is they're broke. But they're so trying to keep up with everybody, they're go quickly going broke because their expenses are so out of control. They can't keep a good handle on it. Don't become that person. So what if, let's just say, what if you took action, like I said earlier, on how to pay for it first? Don't say I can't afford it. Say, how can I afford it? Right out of rich dad, poor dad. What if we re refused to indulge any longer until we first obtained a cash flowing asset to pay for it? Would we die while waiting? No, not at all. I've been very good and very disciplined about waiting for things until I have a cash flowing asset to pay for it. And when I establish a cash flowing asset, when I acquire a business or an asset to pay for something, then I can go out and get my doodad. 
ladies and gentlemen, I record this this week because I don't want you to be a statistic. And if you don't start your real estate investing career with having your money right, if you're not okay and you're getting into real estate investing, if you're not financially disciplined as a beginning real estate investor, you've got to start there first. Otherwise, you will guaranteed fail. Guaranteed. Say it again. You will. You are guaranteed to fail if you do not develop financial intelligence and financial discipline. This is why with the mastermind, I start with module 1s and module 2 is about mindset and taking personal and financial inventory. I'm going to leave it right there, folks. I don't want to spoil it for my friend when he comes on here in a couple of weeks. I want to remind you that if you're looking to take things to the next level, you want to join me in the next mastermind. Registration is open now. Go to cashflowguys.com. Uh, actually, I take that back. Don't go to cashflowguys.com. Go to mailboxmoneymastermind.com. Mailboxmoneymastermind.com. I believe you can get there as well through cashflowguys.com. I got my marketing people working on that. But go to mailboxmoneymastermind.com. Listen to the testimonials. Watch the videos. There's a lot of information there. It's designed to get you financially free, but you're never going to get there unless you take action today. I'm going to wrap it there this week, folks. Thank you very much and have a great week. This concludes today's episode. You don't have to wait till the next episode to learn to earn. Head over to CashflowGuys.com and contact Tyler and his team for more powerful tips and ideas. So you can start generating multiple streams of income and escape the rat race.